welcome you to the very first League One Fun Show. Uh, are we going to call it a show or are we going to call it a podcast? Or are we just going to say League One Fun? Are we? Should I just say, welcome to the League One Fun from now on? Yeah. It rolls better. Yeah, yeah. I do too. Let's, uh, welcome everyone to the League One Fun. It's the first ever. This is season one. This is episode one. You heard a couple voices there, and I think they're all nervous to say something because I haven't introduced them, so let's get to that. Um, first of all, we've got Jason Weintraub. He is from Atlanta. Jason, you're going to be traveling all over the southeast and maybe even the north this year looking at League One teams. How's it going, man? Sorry about that. I was just looking at my shareholders' notes. I'm a new <laughs> owner of a team, so I had to make sure that I have everything in order for my traveling. Yes, um, I'm going to be doing quite a bit of traveling this year. I'll be... Uh, Going to Tormento's opening game. I'll be going to Greenville. I'll be going to Chattanooga. I'll be hitting up all the southern regions. So it should be fun. Really looking forward to that Tormenta and Greenville rivalry that they seem to be forcing with 20 games in one season with. So it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. So I guess as an owner of, of a soccer club, you probably have an assistant that made you a nice travel you know, itinerary that you could look at. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually deciding helicopter or plane, but you know that's that's just regular talk. We can we can talk more about that yeah. offline. Let's, let's we can stick to the soccer. For yeah, now. we gotta we gotta talk to the peons now, the people that aren't right. like soccer owners. Yeah. Soccer yeah. Owners. Thank you, this peasants. Is... Thank you all for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, well done there, buddy. Um, next up, we have Jeffrey Fowler. He lives 50 miles outside of Pittsburgh. And uh, he actually got his pick the litter with the League One team because there's really no one right near you. Uh, Jeff, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be on the show. Uh, glad to also be a, a team owner. A little bit less than my uh, my co-host here, but uh, I'll leave him do all the dirty work. You just tell me when I have to show up to things. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, everyone needs those owners whether they're just money and they don't say anything that's perfect <laughs> um, next up we have Mark Murray he lives in Phoenix we talked a little bit about Tucson we're going to talk more about it later um, how's it going Mark it's all good guys thanks for uh, thanks for starting this and I'm excited this is like just a new league and new teams and no history to talk about it'll be exciting it is. I'm just I'm just really glad you guys were willing to do this. We need a League One podcast, and this is kind of like I put it out there, and you guys responded, and here we are. We're going to give it a shot, and um, um, it's just going to morph into whatever the heck it is going to be in the future. I was happy it was easy to come up with a name, League One Fun. Everyone kind of was like, yeah, that was one of my options. Let's just roll with it, and uh, uh, yeah, we'll just see how this show goes. It's our, it's our trial session. This will be, um, if you're listening, it's probably on the USL show, um, and then we'll get it on its own feed in the next week. But uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this. This one is the League One Fun Show, and then uh, tomorrow night we'll be doing a USL show live as usual. So two days after this one's posted, we'll have another USL show. Um, but let's talk about League One. We have um, lots of teams to talk about. Let's just list them all off, shall we? We have Chattanooga Red Wolves, or is it? Chatt- it says Chattanooga Wolves SC, but it's Chattanooga Red Wolves, right? Yeah, they've yeah. themselves Red Wolves. Yeah, so FC Tucson who is attached to a Phoenix Rising, which is an interesting storyline. Forward Madison seems to be winning the logo game, which was uh, has been a lot of fun. Uh, Greenville Triumph, Lansing Ignite, um, North Texas SC, Orlando City B, Richmond Kickers, South T- Georgia Tormenta SC, 
Toronto too. Um, and is Penn FC in this league? I think they're next in, year. Yeah, next, next year. year. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, they haven't been putting out much news. I got to bring that up tomorrow night. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about the teams. Um, I started, you know, Jeff, when when we first introduced each other uh, tonight, when we when we logged on, you were talking about what team you would choose because you don't have one uh, right near you, like I said earlier. So you listed a few things. What were you thinking? Yeah. So my my original one was uh, Madison. Because they have like, is it a flamingo? Whatever that pink bird is. Yeah, the flamingo. Blue neon stuff. Like, that's what kind of caught my eye. Nothing about the team, but there's that. And then as I was uh, looking up some of the other stuff for the for the uh, podcast, I was looking on Tremantus Twitter because at some point they decided that having a uh, mascot is the is a good thing, and also leaving the public name it because we know that that can't get horrible at all. <laughs> So like I'm trying to figure out if it was like a name if they gave a list. I really hope they gave a list because I haven't found anything with it. Um, but on their Twitter, the uh, the first reaction to it was some guy giving the uh, "Please don't torment her with us" with this, and the reactions was just memes and gifs from Tormenta. So they might be my new team just because of that. It's been really funny to watch um, how much a logo or, you know, the media people on Twitter, the social media guys, how much that can affect what teams people are talking about. And, you know, because I'm hearing like really high end people talking about forward Madison just because of the flamingos and not taking it too seriously. Is that affecting all you guys, too, about like what teams you guys are kind of hooked on right now? Oh, yeah, for sure. I uh, actually had a chance to talk to uh, PD Dub. You guys might know him as Peter Will, you know, we're owners. So we have that nickname relationship going. But he what does he call me, you? What does he call you? Uh, he just calls me Jason. You oh, know, okay. I, okay. I, don't, <laughs> I don't have as many shares as him when it comes to team owning. But um, <laughs> he was telling me that um, it, he his goal for this was all about the community, right? So this logo this the the branding of this team everything is is all almost with the community in mind it's community engaged they've had you know surveys they've done marketing studies this is not something to where it was just a couple guys in the room and said hey why don't we go with this right like his whole theory and his whole idea behind this team is this is supposed to be a representation of Madison. It's not just going to be a soccer team that we're going to put whatever branding and it has nothing to do with the city. Um, And also, I mean, it stems from people voting for the logo, people voting for, you know, what they want as the uh, supporter section because they're the front office says their hands off of that. The supporter section is going to be all about the people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's really something that catches on and resonates with soccer fans because they want their city to be represented by their team. And uh, you can see that, you know, with the history of the city, uh, you know, represented with the team. I think that a lot of people have been happy and catching on to that. So especially now they recently announced that their jersey sponsor is Hummel, I believe. And so Hummel does great jerseys for other teams and Mm -hmm. everyone's excited to kind of see, you know, what that jersey is now. And I don't think without the branding that they've done, people would be that excited. Right. It wouldn't be something that people are waiting to post across all different soccer accounts right not just league one stuff but across every reddit board and twitter and everything definitely peter will he's so friggin' smart i'm just so glad he's part of uh, the usl now because i mean it's look at this it's like combining his business smarts he's not having to deal with 
a lot of other crazy owners, it's, you know, USL kind of has their stuff together. He's just free to kind of do his thing, right? For sure. And uh, a fun tidbit, it almost wasn't a Flamingo. Uh, they were going back and forth doing some fan voting and um, they were thinking about doing the Ford lady statue that they have. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually a Chicago Fire fan that Peter knows kind of said, now, you know what, you should reconsider the Flamingo. I think that represents the city better and I like it. And so they went back and he talked to the board and yeah, they ended up going with the Flamingo because of it. That's really interesting. I didn't know about the Flamingo thing until this team came out. And I think that's new to most of the country. It's just, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm glad they did it because everyone seems to love it. I've not talked to anyone who doesn't. So, um, Mark, you want to talk to us about Tucson a little bit? Have you been geeking out on them a little bit? Or am I making too many assumptions? <laughs> no, I mean, geeking out on what information has been posted, which yeah, is not a lot. Right? isn't a whole lot. We've, <laughs> we've got... We got a coach announcement, another coach announcement, and then uh, the announcement about the announcement tomorrow. Um, but I mean, so far, you know, FC Tucson was established already in PDL, and so I think I think for most people, there wasn't as much anticipation of player announcements, jersey reveals. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff that stuff will come like we expect, and so I really right now, at least for us in Phoenix and Phoenix Rising fans, we're just itching to know which of the rising guys are going to go down, hopefully, right. um, and be kind of those two-way players between uh, squ- squads. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see a lot of that kind of stuff, like which ones go down, how often do they go back and forth, are there going to be any like standout Tucson players that go up and get to play with uh, Phoenix Rising? That'll be yeah. really cool to see the first player that like gets to start that comes from Tucson. I'm excited for that. Oh yeah. And it, it's great because, you know, it's only two hours, not even two hours, like an hour and a half away. And so you could have a guy play FC Tucson Saturday night after being on the bench, Friday night for rising. And mm-hmm. uh, so there'll be, there'll be a lot of shared uh, interest between the teams. Definitely. Um, seeing a lot of teams that I used to ha- have to cover, <laughs> I can say that kind of because Toronto two is not that exciting to cover in uh, the USL show. <laughs> Um, but you know, Toronto two is dropping down to a, a league that they might actually do well in. Um, I'd be interesting to see if that happens or if it, they stay bad. Um, it's going to be almost a measure of, uh, you know, what kind of coaching and what kind of players they send down, I suppose. But Orlando city B is making a return after a year of hiatus. Richmond kickers are dropping down. And uh, I think we're all glad to see, you know, part of this story is like these guys have a place to go rather than folding in the next five or ten years if the money keeps going up and up and up. So, um, uh, oh goodness, I'm still getting used to your names. I'm sorry, Jeff. Uh, what do you think about all that? All the teams that are dropping down. You know, I, as you said with Toronto, um, I, I really want to see if it was just that they were kind of outclassed, and this is where their level is at, or if. Unfortunately, they're just a terrible overall team because it seemed like toward the last, the end of last season, mm-hmm. you know, they, at least offensively, they were great. Like I remember, they took they either tied the Riverhounds, or, you know, let made us score like super late into the game. I remember it being a nerve wracker, and we didn't expect that because I think our first meeting we just crushed them, you know. So and and we always think of Toronto as sort of that team that is an easy win. So I hope they do really well. Um, Richmond, I was I was sad to see Richmond go down. I was too. I I understand why. 
Um, I think I was more gutted with the whole PenFC thing, um, just because of the way that they handled it. It wasn't necessarily the fact they went down, but the way that they handled it. Um, and and hopefully that you know, with this year hiatus, they get everything together and at least, if, if for nothing else, give give that fan base something to go after, <laughs> especially after the way that things kind of ended last year. Yeah, I know, I know, and, and yeah, I completely agree. And, and those teams may be some of the better teams, especially initially, because they've had that experience of being up a level. This may be easier. It may not. And we're going to talk about player signings. Some of them are uh, pretty interesting, pretty almost surprising. Some of the quality team uh, players that are going down, but um, I don't know. Richmond could get a nice jump in the beginning, and then could be t- overtaken by the end just through experience. Um, what else should we talk about? Greenville Harks, you know, was a coach with uh, Cincinnati FC uh, for a little bit, and he did well with them, and so he knows what he's doing. He knows how to build a team already. He's had a, a try at that on the second uh, tier. Now he's dropping to the third tier. Um, what do you guys think about Greenville? We can talk some more about um, Lansing Ignite. There's not a lot to talk about there, but let's talk about those two. Let's start with Jason, actually. Yeah, so quickly about Triumph. I, I do like they've only made, I think, about four signings right now, uh, but I do like that two of their signings are in the defensive. Uh, they've got Tyler Pollock, who played – Uh, left back in the MPSL. He played for Miami FC too. And I watched a little bit of them and they were great. They only allowed five goals throughout the whole season. Um, Ended up being the MPSL champions. He's a a great back. And I I was shocked to not see him go to a higher, like a USL championship team. So I think Triumph did a really great job in scouting and getting him. I'm going to interject there just a little bit. Well, he did go to St. Louis. That's right. So that's my city, um, if if you guys don't know. Um, And he was good for us, but I didn't think he was our best left back. So I think he will do really well down down there um, as, you know, in League One. But he could easily be playing in champ- in championship too, so I agree with you there. But anyway, yeah. I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, and then they also got uh, Evan Lee from the Richmond Kickers, and who I was surprised that Rich uh, the Kickers didn't resign. Uh, I thought that you know he's he's a good defensive back in the center, and he, I think he's six four, so he's definitely the muscle man can win some aerial threats and. So, yeah, although it hasn't been too many signings, I think the triumph starting with getting two solid defensive players is the best way to start for them right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing even on the top level, um, now the top level, FC Cincinnati is uh, building from the back. You know, they don't have, they're not spending all the crazy money up top like uh, Minnesota United did. And, and we'll see how that works out in MLS. But it's, it seems to be a common way to build a team, you know, and um, I think it's extremely smart to do that sort of thing. Um, so I want to dig into this now because this is like one of the biggest stories of, uh, of league one coming into being was the announcement of red wolves in Chattanooga. And then, you know, it's, this is league one fun. We're talking about USL league one, but we have two owners of Chattanooga FC here. Um, and there's going to be a battle. Let's talk about this guys. Um, Jeff, what do you think about, about this? Obviously you bought a share yourself. Um, are you torn or do you have a winner? What do you think? I mean, even though uh, they signed Doyle, I'm still going with uh, Chattanooga FC. 
but that Doyle signing, that's that's really a big signing for them. Um, we're looking into into that. You know, when he was playing with the Ireland's in the U.S., uh, you know, the under 17s, under 20s. Um, you know, that's that's a big signing, and and also uh, as Jason is going to point out there. They, there's uh, there's some spiciness going on between the two Chattanooga teams, like as it should be, as as a local derby should have. There's definitely some spicy, some give or take, but I'm Chattanooga FC all the way. Jason, you were mentioning that spice. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's getting a little spicy in Chattanooga, I think. Um, <laughs> so the first thing that the Red Wolves did for their signing was they actually signed a former Chattanooga FC keeper, Gregory Hartley, which I thought was the kind of heel to where they could have just kept it to themselves and said, Hey, you guys are doing your thing. We're doing our thing. We know you guys have had some shots towards us, but we're going to keep it cordial. Now they, they kind of thrown subliminals too. And so I like that, right? This is a fun league. This is something they're coming in there and they're saying, Hey, we're going to, we're going to set our ground. But it is interesting uh, because Chattanooga FC does have that history. You know, they do have plenty of fans coming. It's amazing. They just went and became, you know, open for fans to become shareholders. And, you know, that that timing obviously was on purpose, right? You Mm -hmm. have the Red Wolves starting their first season. And so uh, it's going to be really interesting because I know that the Red Wolves are thinking about building a stadium and trying to choose where, but if the attendance doesn't really pick up, it's going to be an interesting conversation going into next year about, well, do we want to spend all this money to build the stadium mm-hmm. when obviously fans have you know, chosen their allegiance to the team that was there? Um, so I'm really curious to see how this goes, you know, as the season progresses and see if attendance does pick up uh, to see if any of their signings, um, brings fans there. I've been calling them Irish SC because now they're on their fourth Irish uh, player (laughs) signing. Uh, So I don't know if that's the market they're going for, but one player I I am really uh, curious to watch is Andrew Malin. He played for Atlanta too, and I got to watch him a couple of times. He's a defender and he's a great passer. He had a 91% passing rate. And then when you take away the back passes, he had an 86% passing rate. So a super great passer from Dang. the back, 61% for long passes, right? So he's very good at throwing those long balls to the wingers or strikers. And he has no problem stepping into the midfield. If you give him space, he has no problem stepping up. The one thing I am curious about him, though, is he leaves his feet very often. Uh, had seven yellow cards and a red card last year. Definitely has that high risk, high reward mentality. Um, and, you know, he's about half and half with it. He won 60% of his duels, uh, 77% of his tackles, and had 100 clearances. So when it's working, it's working great. Uh, but then when it's not, he's picking up those fouls and those yellow cards. And mm-hmm. so it'll be really curious to see um, him playing in a new system with a couple guys where you have on the younger side, but then you have, you know, these veterans coming in from England and Ireland um, and see how that playing style is going to be. I think Chattanooga is going to be definitely a fun team and an interesting team to watch. What's that guy's name? That's a really good one to follow. Andrew Mullen. Andrew Mullen. Irish. Yeah. Oh, he, I don't think he's Irish, but oh, um, no, no, he's yeah, Irish. Yeah. he, I mean, everyone on that team might be Irish. I don't know by now, but yeah, he, uh, he's definitely, um, definitely somebody to watch for. I, it was, it was fun watching him in Atlanta too. And then not fun at times as well. So mm-hmm. we'll see how he uh, progresses the season. 
my boy AJ Cochran was there at Atlanta too as well. But um, yeah. um he's at Phoenix now. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. He went to Phoenix Rising. Very nice. So yeah, I, I assume that was Mark chiming in about Phoenix there. So uh, Mark, I want to hear what you think about Chattanooga. I really liked. I want to circle back maybe to the thought of you know this could be the year that decides it. Do you think perhaps that's true? Does could Red Wolves pack it in if if Chattanooga just kills it this year and they get nobody over in the other side of the town? I, I think so. I think you're look, looking at who they're signing. I think they're going for bust the first year, mm. and, and they're they're hoping that they can uh, have the performances to draw the attendance to just sustain them, themselves for year two, year three, year four. Uh, I'll be interested to see. I don't know. Out here on the West Coast, we don't have too much knowledge about what's going on, but I'll be interested interested to see. Do you think anyone will go to both teams? Will anyone hmm. have season tickets to both teams, or is it just straight down the middle, one or the other? From from the war I've seen on Twitter, it's it's yeah, you're choosing. Uh, which I, I did see an article about someone going to both, and the comment section was just absolute warfare. So yeah, I've like I said, I have a feeling people just chose their alliance, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I have a feeling if the Red Wolves are doing well and they're a fun team to watch, that's obviously going to help, but it has to start from the beginning, right? If we get halfway through the season and they're not drawing any attendance, it's, it might not end well for them this year, especially when they're in talks of having a brand new stadium built for them. Yeah. And especially because Chattanooga FC averages, I saw like 14,000 last year. Something crazy. So, and so for Red Wolves, how many, you have to get at least 7,000 probably, right? To, even no. make it I think two or three would be just fine for League One. Two or three? I think so. But to survive, but that's not going to look good if oh, the yeah, other team's still getting 12. Yeah. Market. yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a maybe that's what they'll do too. Is so. Here's the other thing I wanted to bring up is that Nipun had a really smart tweet. Nipun Chopra, um, battle for Chattanooga, CFC advantage, goodwill, passionate. SG um, and fans, supporter group and fans, community engagement, independent of whimsies of one owner, uh, current stadium, current sponsors. Okay. Um, Red Wolves have a slight advantage in money. Apparently, according to him, he would know probably in that department. And then Red Wolves advantage, USL PR, USL alignment, potential stadium is a big one for me. And 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 to me, like the USL business smarts is is pretty good, even though Chattanooga seems to have their stuff together um, in that department as well. Um, let's circle back to Jeff. What do you think about all of those things? Could any one of those things, which one, which one of those things do you think is most important that could really break the other team? Definitely the U the USL PR and probably the USL linemen are, are tied for the biggest thing. Mm. Um, just because it, if it goes bust for them, it doesn't matter at that point. I mean, USL can do do things and, and hopefully try to save them. But if, if you're not getting people in the stands, if you're not getting people interested in them, it doesn't matter who's behind you or, or what your lineman is. Um, and it works the opposite way too. If, if you're getting the fans, if you're getting the interest, that definitely helps your case, especially with the potential for the stadium. Mm-hmm. What um, do you guys? But, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just saying it. It all comes down to you know how whose battle lines are more entrenched. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think? 
I, I think worst case scenario for Red Wolves is if Chattanooga FC hits their shareholder goal, which they probably will. They're already at $300,000 and it's been less than a week and then goes and wins the PSL championship. I think that that's a worst case for them. And I also think a big deciding factor is where is that stadium for Red Wolves going to be placed? Mm-hmm. If they can get a prime location and get that stadium right in downtown, then I think that they do have a good chance of having a couple fans maybe sneaking in and pretending like they're not there and checking out, you know, the new stadium, the new team. But yeah. I think, I think that right now it, it's for them, it, they kind of don't hold their own destiny, which is a dangerous thing to not be able to have in your first year. Right. You just have to go out and do whatever you can. And like you said, I think they're going boom or bust and you have to, right. I don't think you have the time to try to progress and build up from day one. I think you have to come out there flashy and flamboyant and hope it's enough to draw some spectators in. It is interesting. It's almost like a capitalistic version of pro rel, except one dies. You know what I mean? (laughs) Which is terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. I hate it, but but it's a battle like, like to survive right now. If you advertise that, that might make a lot more uh, discussion about having pro rel in America. Like if your your team gets relocated, you're dead. It's over. Yeah. It's worse. It's worse than being relegated. You're gone. (laughs) It's, you know, Man, it's 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 really heartbreaking that that's what's happening. I, I was really upset when it first happened, and I kind of I I kind of tried to grill the League One VP about it, and but then Charlotte popped up. I, I should ask you guys about that too, because now what Nisa's kind of striking back, throwing a team in Charlotte to go up against the Independents. Um, Mark, I don't know if you knew about that. Um, mm-hmm. Is that something where you were like, okay, well, I guess everyone's going to do it, and this is just soccer in America these days. Well, I think so. And going back to Chattanooga real quick, it'll be a great, I mean, depending on the outcome of the teams, it'll be a great case study on what happens when you have, you know, Chattanooga FC with that slow growth, slow build up, grassroots, and compare it to, uh, you know, Red Wolves just coming barging in, uh, trying to be as flashy as possible to attract those fans. Um, but I think I, I'm surprised, you know, being out here from Phoenix, I'm surprised that the market Charlotte is, you know, we, we never consider Charlotte that type of market. And so, I, I mean, if the money's there, if someone has the money and they think they can, they can pull away from the current teams, there's no real incentive not to, you're going to anger a lot of people. Mm. Uh, but, but you might as well try if you think you have a chance. Yeah. I think we better cut it off there. Any, anything else we want to talk about with uh, Charlotte, with uh, you know, team battles in different cities around the country? Cool. Moving on, <laughs> fellas. That's good stuff. And we had to cover it, right? First episode. It's the biggest news. Yeah. Um, so let's move on, though. We're going to talk a little bit about the regular season, about the schedule, when it starts, and how it's set up. Um, Jeff, or sorry, Mark. Who made the notes, Jeff? Yes. Sorry, yes. man. You set up these notes, so why don't I, I know that means you're uh, familiar about um, all of this stuff. So why don't you kind of start out talking about what this uh, season's going to look like in that way? So since there's not a ton of teams, there, there's uh, there's ten teams. They're each playing twenty eight games. Um, the interesting part of it is that how friendly they're going to get with the other teams. You know, like uh, they're going to play 
each team three times with the exception of, of one of the teams are going to play four times. So if they're not uh, enemies by the end of this, they're not doing rivalries right. <laughs> if they're not understanding tactics by the end of this, they're not doing scouting or coaching right. But I, it also makes it fun for, for the fans. Because I know with the, with the USL, there are teams that you see you know, once or twice, and you're like, man, I wish I could see them more often. Yeah. And, you know, it'd be a thing where, like, they'll get sick of it, you know, three or four times all years. But wasn't there the case for uh, some of the USL team, the USL uh, championship teams dropping down to League One? So if there was, what, 10 teams that supposedly within the next few years would drop down, you know, that's going to obviously give some new competition in the games. But familiarity breeds contempt. And I can't wait to see, especially the local matches, especially the matches where it's a team that wasn't. And then the, the bigger leagues like like Richmond, like PSVP, that are coming down and you know, seeing how they compete with this, seeing how they do with teams that they're seeing way more often than they normally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's um, it's not going to keep happening in the USL by all by all um, accounts, like because we're going to have a lot more teams next year. It sounds like what in the next several years, like I think they just announced that like ten teams or something were going to drop down from Championship. And a lot more are going to be expanded on top of that. So uh, cherish it while you can. This is a cool thing. <laughs> something that I don't know anything about in a championship anymore because we get one game home, one game away, and that's it. We don't we get to switch see. conferences all the time, too. Like, I feel yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, too. I mean, we are going to miss seeing Tulsa and Oklahoma guys all the time, but we're going to see them in preseason, so it'll be fine. But um, let's talk about postseason. Starts the weekend of October 11th with the final between October 17th and 21st. I thought it would be a shorter season than this. I know it's less games, but they kind of spread it out so that there's like at less double games, I think, I assume. Um, you know, it starts and stops not much before and after championship. Um, Mark, you want to talk about that? Yeah. For... I have Tucson schedule pulled up and I only see there's only three or four uh, stretches of matches that occur between three and four days apart. And so they definitely, it did, does look like they tried to stretch it out as far as possible. Yeah. And they'll, I mean, that, that's a, that's a perfect time because that'll end right before USL championship. And so you get some of the attention uh, mm-hmm. before championship playoffs and, it's not, I mean, MLS is still going regular season, and so that, that'll be a prime time to uh, to wrap the season up. The top four teams go to the playoffs out of 10. How do you feel about that, Jason? Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. I think that's uh, about right, huh? Yeah, that's about right. You don't want to have, you know, I think it feels like every year MLS and USL are allowing more teams into the playoffs. So I think four out of 10 is fine. Um, have, you know, your semifinal and then have your final. And, uh, I think uh, one thing that's going to be an advantage is uh, where it's going to be played. So I think seeding is going to be pretty important. Um, there's a big difference of playing October in Wisconsin than there is mm. playing in, uh, you know, Florida or Tennessee. So it's a uh, it's going to be it's going to show that every game's important, right? You want to make sure that you're hosting. You want to make sure that you have that home field advantage, um, especially when you're one of these teams that have these new stadiums being built. So. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy with four. I think that's good. Yeah, like can we talk about stadiums? Stadiums because I don't actually remember which ones are gonna have soccer specific specific stadiums right off the bat, and which ones won't. Um, Jeff, are you familiar with some of them at least? I don't know all of them. I I know that 
I, I think Madison is, is sharing resources with Minnesota United, and I know that Minnesota United is getting their new stadium this year. So I, I don't know if at any point they're going to be hosting any of uh, the Madison games in. Surely not. I think Madison's actually getting their their own their stadium own this year. Yeah. This year. Um, okay. I've yeah. I think I think it's uh, this year. If you go on their social media, you'll see the renderings and you'll see the uh, go soccer players that are uh, that they put there uh, for the time did being. They make any so. Of them messy? No, so they did not. <laughs> they did not. But I'm hoping that the supporters has at least uh, one Ghostbusters TIFO after I seen the uh, the ghost renderings. But yeah, I definitely think um, Ford Madison's is coming this year. Okay, and I feel like Tormenta's building one, Greenville's building one. I don't know yep. when they'll be ready. That's something maybe we should talk about next week. Actually, that sounds pretty good. So uh, we'll put a pin on that. Unless anyone, uh, Mark, did you have anything else to add? No, I, I know SC Tucson plays at, uh, it's a complex, but it's a soccer-specific field mm-hmm. and stadium. They, uh, it's the same one they'll use for MLS preseason uh, in the next couple of weeks. Oh, cool. And so, yeah, it's, it's built out already, and it's, uh, it'll be a good stadium for them. Is that that Desert Cup? No, what's it called? Uh, it's the Sun Cup now. Sun Cup, that's it right. It used to be the Desert Cup, yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool. I didn't know it was on that field. That's really great. Yeah. So now we can kind of yeah. push that. People can get a good look at it before and come out and see games. Probably. Do they sell? They sell those games, right? You can go watch them. They do. Yeah. Uh, SC Tucson, I think we'll be playing a couple of them. Awesome. Uh, and then the rest of them are MLS with, with MLS games. Plus Rising, right? Isn't Phoenix in there too? Rising plays one, but they're playing most of theirs up in Phoenix. Got it. Okay. Uh, Cool, cool, cool. Um, well, you mentioned it, Jeff, that um, Ford Madison did announce a partnership with Minnesota United. They were rumored with uh, St. Louis last year, and it just never happened. And uh, so Minnesota does have an affiliate. I wonder if they're going to send some of those, uh, you know, millions of wingers they have down <laughs> to uh, League One to get some time. Um, what do you guys think? Let's start with Jeff. You you would think they would, especially because it's a it's a one year, so you know it's not like they did long term. They're sort of testing the waters, mm-hmm. but I think it's it's also interesting. Like I know you know some of the USL teams had uh, you know, partnerships with with the bigger MLS teams, and to my knowledge, most of them were specifically just loan players. This one seems like they're having you know re- shared resources, whether it's scouting and uh, technical. Uh, resources uh, and then also the potential of playing exhibition game or games depending on on the schedules and all that but yeah you would definitely think that you know the excess of players that minnesota has that aren't going to see significant time this would be a good time as any to get them some playing time and mm-hmm. boost madison's uh standing and the fans coming in yeah, it'll probably work in that way too. I know in St. Louis we would get some loans every once in a while that were that were pretty cool. Um, and I imagine there's going to be more of these affiliations in the future. I imagine League One might be a nice place to send really young players that aren't quite ready for even championship. Um, what do you guys think about the loans, the loan opportunity for them and for other teams? I think I think you might see more and more homegrown signings in MLS now. Yeah, um, and. Just because you you have that extra outlet now that's a little lower 
it'll be interesting to see who goes on loan to championship and who goes on loan to League one now. Mm-hmm. And, and if there's any difference between that type those types of players. Um, so yeah, I, I'm interested to see which players come all the way down. Um, and so I'm sure Minnesota will still have some type of affiliation with a championship squad. Um, some guys still need that higher level of competition. Yeah. Personally, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I I think when it comes to Ford Madison, I think this is great for Minnesota. I know they had a player. I was trying to look him up. His his name, I believe, is Bertrand Owundi, Mm. who was a left back for them and received zero minutes for the whole year, not just for Minnesota in general. I don't think he was loaned anywhere. So when you have situations like that, and I believe now he is off the team and is somewhere else, but when you have situations like that, you have a bench of players that need to play. So I think with Ford Madison and Minnesota coming together, that's a great way for them to get, you know, those Minnesota players some experience and also a gateway for Ford Madison's players to possibly be looked at by MLS scout, scouts because mm. just my opinion right now, I listen, Ford Madison probably has some of the most intriguing players to me out of everyone in this league right now. Mm. Um, and that might be because I've gotten to watch some of them, you know, players like Danny Tenorio, he's an Ecuadorian midfielder winger. Uh, he played for Naples last year in MPSL and killed it, had the most goals in the team, had multiple two goal games. Um, he plays center, but can drift wide. So that frees up space. He's a great player and he just turned 26. So this could be the year for him to really be seen, right? Like he dominated on a team to where, you know, 33% of the goals and 50% of all goal production was from him. So now he has a chance to up his level, be in better competition and see if he's ready for that step up. So I think Ford has certain players to where, you know, maybe not going to Minnesota, but at least gets placed to where other scouts can look and go, you know what, let's give them a trial. Let's see you know, if we can get them going and you look at a lot of these players that these teams are signing, you have these 19 year olds, these 20 year olds, it's a great stepping stone. So yeah, I don't know when I, when I look at that Ford Madison roster, they, they've got some dangerous players. I mean, even up top, I've been calling them the sunshine conference of league one, because it seems like all their players have come from the sunshine conference and in, <laughs> uh, in the PSO, but are uh, PSO, but um They've had a a striker come from Jacksonville Armada. J.C. Banks had eight goals, which was the most of the team last year. They've got players from Miami FC, two who once again won the championship. So, you know, I I think this is a great stepping stone for some of these players who can get noticed by USL championship and even MLS teams. Yeah, and the more League One teams we get, the more, you know, I I think – we're going to see a lot of localized signing, you know, where all the best tier four players from all the different tier four leagues are going to end up, you know, all the, all the best ones all in Wisconsin and Minnesota and Michigan are going to be landing at forward Madison or Lansing, you know what I mean? And so that's going to be nothing but good for us soccer. We might be able to get these kids to climb the ladder or, or, God forbid, I, I call it a pyramid um, to, to get up to the top if they can. You know, someday we're going to have that story the, of the kid that played in every single league on his way up to MLS. So um, I think that'll happen. Um, and I, I really hope to I, this is what I was going to say earlier that League One, I love I think it's going to keep, you know, we've talked about how teams are going to keep moving and shifting up and down based on what they want to do and what the league wants. I think perhaps championship is going to be more professional 
and we might see some more two sides drop down if the level is good enough. And that's what I'm rooting for really, really badly for League One to be a good level of play for, you know, T, T2 players, Toronto 2 players to really thrive there and be able to move all the way up to MLS um, for, for to get a look and, and look fine, you know. That's what I want, and I hope more of those two teams come down and we get those young players playing in League One, and then when they need a little bit more of a challenge, then you get like a real worldwide soccer loan to championship, you know, not kind of a sending down minor league style, but like an actual loan to championship, and then they get their shot with MLS. And that's kind of what I'm thinking and hoping for. Do you guys have any other comments about the the new look of the pyramid and how you want it to work? Jason, let's start with you if you got it. Yeah, I think um, when it was mentioned, like you said, 10 to 12 teams, I think they said are going to be brought down from championship into League One. And I think, I think right now, because it's the first year, I think a lot of teams are looking at this league differently, right? Like you've got Orlando, Toronto, who are pretty much – solidifying this is our academy players right we're getting our 16 17 year old minutes we're getting them in a professional setting to where they can play different games that's cool one team we didn't talk about north texas right i'm excited to see them because fc dallas has had a history of just producing all these great players from their academies and they're losing them to Bayern munich and they're losing them to all these other clubs so now you know you have a way to showcase this talent for them to be able to step up in the american pyramid and be able to play in mls or whatever league they desire and but then you also have teams like you said we were talking about with chattanooga who you know are putting players out right now that are going to be flashy and players that are proven and so i think until we get those other usl championship teams i think right now it's just every team is kind of looking at their team a little differently and how they want to build this roster how they want to present themselves and i think it's going to take a couple years to really kind of Mm -hmm. get their feet on the ground and get situated so we can actually see what kind of league this is you know like i said earlier i would love for this to be a league where 19 year olds can showcase their talent and get more more games get in there and then be able to get scouted by USL Championship or MLS or whoever is actually watching the league. So, um, but yeah, I think for the first year or so, it's going to be a little awkward, right? There might be some eight two thrashings. There might be some <laughs> zero zero boring academy games. You know, we yeah. don't we don't really know right now. So we don't. Like Loudon has no players. We didn't mention that in the championship. <laughs> but um Mark, what do you think too about the pyramid and how you would like it to look in in this in this day, uh first year at least? Well, I, I think a lot a lot will be either proven or disproven on the basis of this year. I think I think a lot of those two teams are looking at this upcoming year to decide whether they want to drop down and whether that's going to be USL telling them they have to drop down or them volunteering to drop down. I'm thinking like Timbers 2, Sounders 2, mm-hmm. um, especially Sounders 2. That's that's one of those two sides that's all academy. And so, you know, if they if they look at this upcoming year and think that their guys can handle it, then I think you start seeing all those teams drop. And hopefully we get some more Western teams because yeah. I don't want to go on all those road trips. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I hope it's a young league, but I, I also realize like you, you want to win. And so there are going to be teams that want to win real bad. Uh, and they don't have that two side of that academy to worry about as far as producing players. Yeah. So Steven Hernandez is signed on tonight on, on the chat. So thanks for joining us tonight, man. Um, he 
actually said he was asking when we think there will be a Western Conference. He thinks perhaps uh, next year even, perhaps two years from then, uh, based on how many Western or Central teams joined to kind of make that work. Uh, Jeff, what do you think? When do you, when do you think we'll get a Western Conference? I, I, I would hope within the next two, um, just because, you know, depending on when they're sent, what teams get sent down and when they get sent down, you would have to think that some of them would definitely be the Western teams. And then whatever teams that are that are in the works for expansion, you would, you would hope they would get you know, further west. You know, because just having a, a whole East League, yeah, it's kind of fun for us, but you guys on the West Coast, it's not really that fun. No. You have a couple teams and, and, and that's it. But yeah, two years, I, I would think that, that would be a, yeah, this is a rough go, man. St. Louis gets mad about changing conference cause, because we don't have anywhere to go in the West as easily, but it's nowhere near what you've got going. <laughs> nowhere near. Hopefully sooner. You think it could happen next year? What do you think, Mark? I I think so. I think if you get Portland, Seattle drop down, um, I think, was the Boise team, is that a championship expansion yeah. side they were thinking of? Or is that yeah, it's a big, big old one? stadium they want to build, so I think it'll be championship. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think a team like uh, Monarchs will drop down. I think they, they want to stay hmm. as high up as they can be. Um, and so I'm, you think maybe a Colorado team, the two uh, Northwest teams, and maybe a couple in California, you could, you could have a Western Conference next year. Yeah. And and I imagine more um, two sides might join too, so maybe some more you know MLS teams might throw a league one side in there. Um, in the West, do we want to talk about player signings? We've got a few. I think we should maybe burn through the ones that are in the notes at least, and maybe add a couple at the end. We'll start with uh, Chattanooga's signings, and we may have covered some of these guys. I have the worst memory with names, so I apologize if I repeat. But Connor Doyle. Uh, played for Derby County, Darby County, pardon me. <laughs> Andrew Mulan, Mulan, um, 24-year-old defensive midfielder. Jason, you're nearest this town. You want to talk about these guys? Yeah, so uh, Mulan was definitely the, the guy I was talking about earlier. Okay. Um, definitely uh, Oh, the guy I want to passer. follow. I wrote him down. Yeah. Here we go. Yep, yep. He's a uh, yeah. He's defender in the midfield. Um you know, he, he's someone to watch for. So the Connor Doyle one, um, I haven't seen him play much. I, I've heard about him, went back and looked at some highlights, and that seems to be the one a lot of people are excited about. Uh, I believe he's played for D.C. United, um, saw him hit a rocket for them. He's been a little bit of everywhere. So I always think it's important, especially for a first-year team, to have those veterans that have that experience of playing in different leagues, um, especially when you bring in younger kids as well to play. You, they need that kind of experience and that leadership and that guidance. So um, with him and there's a couple other Irish players on there like Stephen Beattie and uh, Aman Zaid. I'm probably not saying that right, but uh, Iman and Connor up top are going to be uh, some strikers to watch. I think that's going to be fun and entertaining to see those experienced uh, guys up top. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Jeff, you want to talk about the Richmond signings? Yeah, so I am most likely going to mess up this name, but uh, <laughs> Mutaya they... Muape. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Yo, I don't even have to say it now. Uh, <laughs> I saw him, you know, when 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 we played Charlotte. I uh, went the Riverhounds played Charlotte last year. Um, you know, I, I think it's a definitely a good signing for them. Young, energetic. Um, you know, I think this gives him more room to play. Um, and then 
they uh, they signed Dennis Chin, who's kind of been everywhere. But if you remember back in 2012 when Orlando oh. City, before they came back, before they became MLS, he was letting it on fire. He won like the Golden Boot. I think he almost won uh, all these other accolades with it. But but 2011, he made his debut with them. Uh, came on as, as mostly a sub. Basically, 2012 was his first real all-around year, and he just lit it on fire. I think for the 84 games overall that he played with Orlando, he scored 21 goals with them, and then huh. kind of floated through. Did you know was did a year stand at uh, Ottawa um, in 2015 or 16? Played in Israel in uh, 2017. Was with the, the Hounds, but was nursing an injury for most of the most of last year when he came in. Um, you know, he, he has flashes of talent. Um, I think that he's definitely going to be used as a sub, but it goes back to, you know, he's been around. He's had that quality, you know, in, in the previous past. So definitely a good guy to be on the team. Yeah, Chin, I actually do remember seeing him with the Hounds in his, you know, few appearances he got. I saw him in one of those games, whatever it was. Um, let's so circle. Oh, go ahead. Just, he's also, like, the, the best-dressed guy. Like, you're never going to find anyone <laughs> that is – better dress than he is nice i like it uh jason why don't you talk about tormenta they're the closest team to you if that's i'm, I'm pretty sure that's correct yeah so uh, uh they have done something that i like they've uh they probably have the most signings of any league one team right now and that's because they've re-signed 11 of their usl league two players that they had cool. um yeah so i think with that i think that's something to look forward to early because like you mentioned, that chemistry is going to be there. Um, and they're doing a good job of keeping that core together while introducing other talented players. So I haven't kept up too much with their signings, but I believe they just signed um, a player yesterday, Morel. Dude. And uh, that is shocking he, to yeah. me. That's huge. I'm sorry. That is shocking to yeah. me. It's huge. Yeah. that They got Morel. So, yeah, and so when you have a core of players that have that chemistry and you bring in someone with his pedigree, I think that is a very scary thing to start the year off with, right? I feel like they have that competitive advantage, and I feel like their team that also is in a city, if you've never been to Statesboro, they are sports crazy. Right? I went to Georgia State, so I don't like Georgia Southern, but I will give props when it's due. Georgia Southern fans show out for their team. They show up. They're loud. They are sports crazy. So when you have fans that are anticipating this, you have a core that knows each other, and you're bringing in veterans like that, I think Tormenta is going to be a dangerous team to start with in the season. And that's the kind of team that can come out the gates winning four or five in a row, and a lot of teams are going to have to adjust their play style for that. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. They could pull, like, a, if Christos FC moved up a division, <laughs> you know? That could be cool. Yeah. Um, all right, Mark, let's hear about Tucson. You, if you got your notes, go ahead and uh, sh- uh, talk about them a little bit. Well, I mean, all, all news so far is the coaching side. Um, they brought in uh, Darren Swatsky uh, to be the head coach. He, he used to be at uh, he set a part of Sounders Academy. And so he, he coached uh, Jordan Morris, DeAndre Edlin, uh, while they were U16s, 18s. Um, and so proven track record with youth, which is hopefully the route Tucson goes, mm. um, especially being that two side, the rising. Um, they also brought back Jonathan uh, Perlman, who at one point owned the team and then coached the team and then left to coach OKC Energy last year. And then he's now come back to be in a coaching role 
and a director role with the team. So I think that's huge, just keeping that that core uh, staff together uh, will will help, with, uh, especially since the players are being announced so late. Uh, so hopefully we'll get the first signing tomorrow. I know today uh, there was a trialist team from Rising played uh, SKC in a preseason match. So I imagine some of those guys might uh, might stick on with uh, Tucson. So hopefully we get a lot of news in the next month. Dude, that Swatsky hire is really smart. Seattle's one of the best academies in the country. I think yeah. they're like you, 19s are probably, they're on pace, not on pace, but they're the best guest winners of this year if you were just to look at their players. So that's like the rising being really smart with hires as usual, right? Doing things right. Oh, yeah. And he has a he has a history with Tucson, uh, the Tucson soccer scene at least. So, you know, when I first heard that, I was I was shocked. But, that's you know, awesome. you go into the background and, you know, he's been here before. So, so what, yeah. is, what is the rising academy like? Is it pretty established? Has it been around for a little while? No, they just um, – so the academy that they're attached to are the youth soccer. They don't technically have an academy, uh, but they have a youth soccer team that was established uh, as an independent team, and they kind of just put their name on it and took over control. Mm-hmm. And so there's not – there's been a couple – a couple kids have gotten called up to the U14, U15 national team camps, uh, but not as established as uh, some of the other teams. Right on. Cool. Well, something to watch there with the youth. Um, open open table here, guys. Anything we want to say before we go about player signings? Literally anything you want to talk about in League One right now? I want you guys to watch this kid that Lansing signed. His name, he's a Haitian international player. He's only 19 years old. Uh, Steve St. Duck or Duke. I don't, I don't know how my Creole is, but he played where he was drafted with by LAFC last year. Didn't get to play. I watched him play in the CONCACAF U20 championship. This kid is a beast with the ball. He is mature for his age as far as not being pressured by defenders. Um, he plays wide, but can go into the – he plays middle as well. He he loves to take people one-on-one on the side and cut through into the middle. He's a beast. He loves to – I mean, he's he's – flamboyant he flicks the ball over people's heads um this is the kind of players that i'm really excited to see in this league and this is the kind of players that i think have a benefit of being in this league to be seen um he played in a second division norwegian team last year he was when he was loaned out from lafc so that's good to prepare him for the cold because i'm sure before uh Nor- norway he's never felt temperature close to lansing's so this is just a kid that i'm really excited to watch and the type of kids that I hope we see in this league um, as it goes on, you know, for the upcoming years. Yeah. Cause I was, I, that was the player I was going to watch. Um, they're actually coming and playing in Pittsburgh. Uh, they, they just announced that they were, they moved to Dayton. Lansing's coming in. So when I was going through the players, like I'm, if I've ever been excited to watch a preseason game, it's this just to see him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely somebody who, if you did not know who he was and you turned the game on, he's going to stand out because he's going to be the guy who is doing skill flicks, uh, sometimes unnecessarily, you know, in the midfield to start a counter. But he's he gets the ball and sometimes he makes magic happen. I'm extremely excited to see him play. That's awesome. Anyone else have anything you want to talk about? Mark's shaking his head. No, Jeff, you're good. 
Cool guys. That's it. I mean, we did it. Let's uh let's go before we uh before we leave, Jason, we're going to go down the line here. You guys can talk about where people can find you online and you can sign off. Jason, let's start with you. Yeah, you can just type in Home Sweet Soccer on Twitter or go to homesweetsoccer.com. Any hot takes I have, any uh, misinformation that I have will be going <laughs> onto those platforms. So I did exactly that there. today. <laughs> misread a tweet and got retweeted by a scenario. So that was really oh, embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter, they get a pl- at Plaid Pirate. Uh, they can find me there. Um, and then also, you know, keep looking on the USM news site. I write to some articles for various teams there. So I'm sure we'll get some stuff for, for uh, USL League One. Heck on yeah. Um, Mark, where can people find you? Uh, Firebird Soccer, I believe it's at Firebird Site. Uh, well, I, I'll be I right there. I do all the social media. Uh, we'll be covering the, the men's national teams in Phoenix this week. On Sunday, so we'll be nice. there covering the match and uh, all other Arizona soccer-related news. Very nice. And you guys were already like in the BGN Slack, so I guess you guys all write for BGN Written. That's awesome. Everyone's nodding their head. So um, I want to definitely plug that and say go look for their articles. Obviously, these guys are coming in knowledgeable. I wasn't sure how this would go, and you guys had plenty to talk about. You knew about you know all these things. I could, I could um, turn to you and ask a question. Everybody had an answer ready. So you guys did a great job. I'm excited how this show is going to go. I'm excited for people to hear it and uh, to see how what it's going to turn into. Thanks for joining me tonight, fellas. Thank you. We also have to thank, before we go, I do have to say thank you to our, you guys are coming into a show with a sponsor already. How's that? (laughs) Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. And please join us next week for some more League One fun. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.